Please rise as you are able. Gospel according to Luke. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manger, excuse me, had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, Now that my master is taking the position away from me, I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill and make it fifty. Then he asked another, And how much do you owe? He replied, A hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and make it eighty. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly for the children of this age are more more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than, they, than are the children of light. And I tell you, I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little, in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with, the, with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise the Lord, the word, the light. All right, be seated, please. Church is back open. I uh, two nights ago tested tested negative for coronavirus, so it was short lived. Thank God. Um, I, I do a test. I, I will say this: that I, I believe that having the vaccine, even though I did get the disease, the virus, having the vaccine helped keep it from getting any worse. Then it could it could have been a lot worse. Okay. I say good afternoon to you. Have you ever heard the expression cooking the books? Do you know what that means? It has nothing to do with cooking or cookbooks. Although I suppose that if you stretch the analogy a bit, you might say that it is a bit like Weight Watchers tweaking a recipe for sweet tooth dieters, like adding black beans to a brownie recipe to make the brownies appear healthy and ease your guilt about eating the entire pan. Cooking the books is a type of creative accounting where numbers are fudged to make things look better than they are to appease stockholders. You know, drop a few zeros and entries in the expenses column and adding a few to the earnings. 
Now I gotta tell you, I had a very difficult time trying to figure out our text for today. Probably as much or more than an auditor trying to figure out cooked books. I racked my brain over what the meaning of every verse might be. I looked in the text, at the text in different translations, read some commentaries, but that only served, me, served to confuse me even more. Then I figured out that it is not so much the what in this parable that is significant, but the who heard it. Now let me explain. The first thing we read is that Jesus was talking to his disciples. Or was he? Remember that the Pharisees had been following him, listening, trying to trip him up and discredit him. They had just heard him tell the stories about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son of the prodigal, or the prodigal son. Stories about the love of God and his intent to tirelessly pursue every sinner, not only the Jews, and bring him or her into, his, into, into the fold. The Pharisees had seen his concern and association with tax collectors and sinners, and they thought it was a disgrace. And now these same Pharisees were eavesdropping on this teaching moment also. Now, who were the Pharisees? What was their responsibility? Well, they were the keepers and interpreters of God's law. They were the stewards of the word. Okay, you see where this is going. And Jesus was telling them in an indirect way that they had been mismanaging the law that was entrusted to them. They had taken Ten Commandments and turned them into 600-plus burdensome rules and regulations. Some inflation. They were applying the same principles they used in earthly riches, which they loved, according to Jesus, to their stewardship of spiritual riches. So Jesus begins with this story about how a, a hypothetical manager gets himself into trouble with the boss. We do not know uh, what he did or did not do, but we do know that he's going to be fired. And so to ensure that he will be able to get another job with one of the business associates of his boss, who, by the way, are in debt to his boss, he cooks the books and has, his, has each one pay less than what is owed. The debtors now owe the manager a favor, you see. The Pharisees were shrewd money managers. They loved money. And so Jesus knew that this story would draw their attention. It is insane for a manager to accept less than what is owed. He should be fired. Yeah, the boss is right in firing him. The nerve. What the manager did was against the rules. But in his story, Jesus says that the boss praises the manager for his shrewdness. The boss lost money. How could he praise the manager? The manager was using the wealth of his boss to make friends. Now he had that. Now he that he. Not, excuse me. Now that had to upset the Pharisees even more. No wonder the text said they scoffed at Jesus. I love that word, scoffed. Now the text seems to talk about money, physical wealth, and worldly things. The love of money is the root of all evil. You cannot serve two masters, God and Mammon. Okay, we get that. But more than that, it is talking about personal responsibility of what God has entrusted in the way of spiritual wealth. The Pharisees were entrusted with the law. They were responsible for teaching, interpreting, and carrying out the law. They were supposed to be the conscience of society. They were judge and jury. So you can imagine that whenever possible, they, they might take a kickback or, or two from those wanting to get away with facing consequences or breaking the law. As a result, the Pharisees were wealthy, very 
very wealthy. That wealth clouded their perspective. Their primary duty was to help the people understand the law, but more than that, to help them see that they could never follow the law 100%, that the law and the prophets all pointed to the gospel of the kingdom of God, which John the Baptist preached about, that kingdom that everyone was now pushing to get into. That is why the Pharisees had it in for Jesus. Their livelihoods were at stake here. Because if people no longer cared to use their money to line the pockets of the Pharisees, then they would use their money and resources to further the kingdom of heaven instead. And what is this last verse, last verse about divorce? Well, it does not seem to apply in this context, does it? Jesus is talking about the spiritual divorce of the Pharisees, how they divorced God and committed spiritual adultery in order to marry money, basically. I apologize for going on this one, but that actually, there's the idea of... Gavin, 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 listen to me. At this time, when I'm doing the sermon, take notes, write down your question, and we'll catch it at the round table. But let me let me get my point across, okay? Because I just understand. Otherwise, it, it comes out real jumping. We'll have people jumping in and trying to debate me all the time. So just catch me at the, at the round table, okay? Okay, please. Okay. You're good. Write down your question right now so you remember it. All right. Jesus is talking here about the spiritual divorce of the Pharisees, how they divorced God and committed spiritual adultery in order to marry money, basically. And furthermore, anyone who who followed the Pharisees now divorced from God were also committing spiritual adultery. They were following the Pharisees rather than God. And that's what it boils down to. Jesus is concerned that the sons of light, in this context the Jews, but in relation to us today, the church, not let anything, not money, not wealth, not goods, not even the law, if it is just for the sake of the law, to get in the way of an intimate relationship, a marriage, if you will, with God. It's a lot. You can cook the books all you want to justify yourself. Oh, the Bible says that the church should give to everyone who asks. Well, that does not mean the guy who just will not get a job. Well, does, sorry, let me say that again. Well, that does not mean the guy who will just not, who will not get a job. After all, God helps those who help themselves, right? The Bible says that the church should not judge. Well, that doesn't mean that bringing to light certain practices of certain preachers and certain members. Gossip? We would not hear of it. But sometimes we need to talk about certain things people do in order to better pray for them. Yeah, pray for them. Jesus said, the church ought to spread the good news. Well, we paid the preacher to do that. That would be enough. The early church gave us an example of how believers used the spiritual gifts God gave, all the gifts, to glorify and advance the kingdom. Well, that is all well and good. We show hospitality, we pray for healing, we teach. But speaking in tongues, that is just not done here. Or prophecy, that's weird. Getting words of knowledge, casting out demons, please. Scary stuff. No, we will pretend that those kinds of things are not in the Bible. You get my point, I'm sure. We are still cooking the books. Why do we limit God like that? We, the church, are the sons and the daughters of light. 
the apple of the eye of our Heavenly Father. We are. So can we not trust our Daddy? Can we not use the spiritual resources He has given us? There are so many hurting out there, folks who need a touch from God. Yet, we hoard the gifts we have been given, picking and choosing and uh, uh, what and how, how much of them we will share. And we cook the books to justify our practices. There's a contemporary Christian song that I'm reminded of. It is by Casting Crowns. Part of it goes like this. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? Or does anybody even know she's going down today? Under the shadow of our steeple with all the lost and lonely people searching for the hope that's tucked away in you and me. We may or may not be able to tell if the recipe has been tweaked to include black beans in our brownies. But we can know without a doubt that through Jesus Christ, our debt of sin is canceled and our future is secure. We have been entrusted with spiritual riches that even the most accomplished accountant could not measure. We have it all. The hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As shrewd managers, we can proclaim to the lost and lonely people that the cancellation of their debt is sin through Jesus Christ. We can proclaim that in his accounting, the books have been cooked and their debt is zero. And we can use the spiritual gifts entrusted to us to comfort the lost and end their loneliness. Amen. Sorry. Sorry. Which we're done. I can hear you. It is time for everybody's favorite part of the service. That's right, the announcements. Creepy. Gavin, you've been replaced. I'm sorry. And by a digital puppet. But it is a likeness of me, I guess. I think it's kind of creepy, actually. But, you know, it is what it is. Did you know we had a podcast? Did you know we had a podcast? That's what I want to know. Did you know we had a podcast? Did you? We have a podcast. We do. We have a podcast, guys. If you haven't checked out our podcast, please go check it out. Um, it's different listening to the podcast than it is being here in person or even watching us on YouTube. Our podcast is all over the place. The best place for you to go find it is to go to your favorite provider, uh, search provider, and type in Your Path with Bishop Mark. Just do a search for Your Path with Bishop Mark. Now, um, it's not just audio anymore, our podcast. So it's Spotify, who carries our, our podcast as well. Uh, now puts our video with our, our, our audio, so it's kind of cool when you go on, 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 on Spotify now our little video comes up so you can actually watch what's going on. Kind of cool. Um, now, if you don't want to check it out, if, if, you have, if you have trouble getting us on the search engine, which you won't, but if you want to try it another way, you can always go to Alexa, 
and say, Alexa, play your path. Alexa, play your path. And she will play your path with Bishop Mark. Or you can go to one of these wonderful providers which provides our services for you. And that's going to be Anchor by Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and TuneIn. Please check out our podcast. We're working on that. I'm working on actually um, doing a, it would be a, something to raise a little money for the church. It would be a paid version of our podcast. So we'd have extras. So maybe some um, behind the scenes looks yeah, at things. It's, it's another in, in, you know, endeavor that, that would take some, some time and somebody to dedicate some time to it that I don't personally have right now. So we are working on that. Okay, it's an idea. Yes, definitely. Okay, you know, you can make a difference. We are a church of volunteers. We rely on the donations of people out there in YouTube land and in our podcast land and, and our, our other supporters to uh, help us keep our church afloat and also the tithes from our, from our wonderful congregation. We will not be able to keep our doors open if we don't get those donations, and we could really use your help. So please consider making a donation to Dallas Universal Life Church if you believe in what you're hearing here, if you believe in this message of, of, of a God who is all-loving, all-forgiving, and, and it, 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 all paths lead to God. Um, we could use your help. We're trying to get that message out there. And, you know, Christianity has been muddled, that word. It's been stampled on. And I think it's time for some of us to step up and say, this is what Christianity really is. We accept everybody. We love everybody. And you're welcome. You're welcome here. Go to DallasRealCity.com. Click on Donate. This also says Tithe now. It says Donate slash Tithe. So if you wanted to tithe online, if you want to use your credit card or whatever, it's a great way to do that too. If you're not there, and say you're having to get social distance. Like we, last week we had to close the church because I ended up with COVID. Negative test. Thank you. I'm come back to that. So we want to reiterate that. Uh, but um, some people couldn't come. So a great way for them to tie that week would be to get online and just do it that way. So DallasRealCity.com, click on Donate. We could use your help. Okay. Now, a lot of times I hear, you know, Bishop, I love the church. I really want to help the church, but I don't have a dollar in my pocket. Guess what? <laughs> I don't have a dollar in my pocket either. Well, all I have to say to that is, you know, look, you can come in and volunteer with us. Um, it's a great way for you to to tithe to the church. It's great for you if you get to know some of your fellow congregants, especially if you're new. It's a great way to really kind of fit in and, and see how things work around here. Uh, you simply go to DallasULC.com and click on volunteer. You can get a list of the uh, positions we have available for volunteers. Look, if you don't like those lists, the list there, if you don't see anything you want, don't fret. We've always got something to do here at the church. We have new ideas and there's not enough hours in the day to get anything done with us. So please come in and help us. We could use your help. Okay? Just see me or uh, go to the website. Like I said, there's a, a form there you can fill out. Go to the next one. There we go. It's not going to play, is it? Well, guys, you got out easy on this. Okay, it's actually in here twice. So let me see if I can go to the next one. Maybe it'll go again. That's weird. Wow. It's gone crazy. There's, that's the thing you did there, Tim. That doesn't go there. It doesn't go there. Okay. I, I can't stop it. 
it has to just play it has to play out there we go okay the last thing I was talking about uh, washing your hands okay it's a 20 second video because that's how long it takes to kill you must wash your hands for a minimum, minimum of 20 seconds to kill the antiviruses like the coronavirus the monkeypox uh, even the flu right. 20 seconds soap and water 20 seconds of that okay then you rinse get the towel do not turn the water off yet get the towel dry your hands use the towel to turn off the faucet if you just touch with your nasty fingers and throw it away use hand sanitizer if you can continue to wear your masks if you can social distancing go get vaccinated i swear to god guys look i this it was not fun having what i had it was it, it sucks being sick okay i don't like it but i do believe that this would have been a lot worse for me had i not been vaccinated had i not had some antibodies in my body to stop this thing look go get vaccinated folks please okay i'm not gonna harp on that too much today because i'm tired of talking about it okay guess what's coming up soon the walk to end Alzheimer's here in Dallas. Um, we've been doing it for, what, six years now. This is our seventh year walking. Um, and y'all have signed up, right, both of you? Yeah. Kevin, have you signed up? You haven't signed up yet. Are you going to go this year? Okay. Get, get your butt signed up, okay? Start fundraising, please. Gavin, you are an excellent fundraiser. I've seen you do it. You could, you could, get, you could get money out of a turnip. I swear to God. You could. Listen. We need to raise some money this time. We always come show up with a great crowd, and only a couple of us come up with some, some donations. It would really be nice if all of us could come up with a little bit of something. Just a little bit of something, okay? The idea is to, yes, get the, the name out there, get the, the, tell people about it, you know, so people are aware of it and whatnot, but it's also to raise money to stop this disease. As you know, I lost my grandmother in 2019 to this disease. Did you, you had a loved one as well, didn't you? You lost to, to the Alzheimer's. Uh, Tim, I think it's just, it's just, he has friends who have lost people with Alzheimer's. And there's a lot of people out there living with Alzheimer's <laughs> that want to be cured, believe me. And we want them to be cured, so that's why we do this every year, okay? So, the Walking with Alzheimer's is uh, November the 5th this year, okay? It's Dallas City Hall. Um, be ready, because we are going to be, we will be volunteering again this year. So, it's going to be probably another 3.30 a.m. departure from here, going to City Hall, being dark and cold and whatever it's going to be, Okay. But it, it, let me tell you something, it was worth it. We, I enjoyed last year immensely uh, being able to do that. And I'm on the planning committee of the Walgreens Alzheimer's this year. So you, you got to show me, you know, you got to make me look good a little bit here, guys. Okay, don't, you know, help me out. All right. All right. Now, if you haven't signed up, go to http colon forward slash forward slash That's act.alz.org slash go to slash Dallas ULC. It seems like a lot, but it's really not that hard www.act.alz.org slash go to slash Dallas ULC. Okay. That you can sign up there. You could also, if you guys want to donate to our team or donate to a team member, you can donate there as well. That's an address you can give out to people who might want to donate for you if they want to use a credit card or whatever. Right there. That's where they go. Okay. All right. November the 5th. Get the date in your head. It's coming up. What's the date today? 18th. Of what? September. Okay. Then what's next month? And then what's the next month? So we've got what, like a month and a half. Yeah. Let's get going. Let's get going on this, okay? All right. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, complaints. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. You got one of those, you need one of these. That's an email address, feedback at DallasVLC.com. Pretty self-explanatory, folks. There it is. And guess what? Time for our dismissal, but hold on a second. You're going to hate me for this, but we're not going to do a roundtable today. So I want to stop right now, and you have a question that you wanted answered. And I want to take the time right now 
before we dismiss to go over whatever question you wanted to talk about. So let's do that. The spiritual, like how you touched on the spiritual Pharisees and let's see, it's similar to how they had a separation of God and church because they allowed, they, agreed, they allowed to agree to override their love of God versus their love of money. So in an essence, when I think about it, because no father worth half a soul would ever create such a place as hell, but as children, whenever we went as a time out, that separation from our father or our family was in of itself hell because we were separated. We couldn't socialize, we couldn't communicate, we couldn't do anything. All we could do is stare at the wall. So what's your question? So would you say, I would think that in actuality, hell is the separation of God and I guess, Whoever ended up sinning so bad that he doesn't cast them into, I guess, a fire pit. Instead, he separates himself. Or it even says in the Bible that, like, for I cannot be associated with anything that is either wrong or evil, or something like that. Let me ask you this: Where, what, what about our sermon today? made you come to this revelation about hell? Well, well I maybe came to that revelation because, or that, <laughs> hold on. <clears throat> it made me come to that realization because, I mean, think about it. We have the biggest daddy of all. And no dad worth half a salt is gonna throw his kid into a fire, a pit filled with crocodiles, a lava pool, whatever you wanna call it. He's not going to do that, but he will send us the time out, um, and that's something that I think. That what does that have to do with our? our where, where did you get that from our sermon today? Where did that come from? How are you deriving that from what we talked about today in our sermon? I'm just asking because it, you brought it up in the middle of the sermon, and it was important to you right now. Enough to, to stop me, and you didn't want to ask it. So I'm trying to figure out what about the sermon? What, what, what was there that kind of made you think of that? That's what I was saying. Like. Um, it was that comparison of how the money itself actually ended up being the very thing that ended up separating them from the love of God. Okay. And okay. then I went from that, and I was thinking to myself, well, if the separation, if the money is actually what separates them from God, then down the road, considering there isn't a hell, then isn't hell in itself the actual separation between us and God? There's a lot here that you're talking about. There's a lot going on about what you're talking about here. Okay? First, I want to say this. It's not money that's the problem. Okay? It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. It's the way we worship money. Money is a, you said it yourself, you're trying to tell me the other day. Money can be good, it's for jobs and help people. Da, 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 da. Yes, we need money for trading. We use that to help us trade. Okay? It's not the money, it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. It is. Secondly, we all have a release of what hell is. I agree with what you're saying about our Heavenly Father would not desire us to spend eternity burning. But I'm not a judge. I can't judge what God judges. 
It's not my place. But I can tell you that I know that there are some people in this world, no matter what who their parent is, or what they are taught, or how many chances they're given, they're going to continue to be evil. And that there is a place for those. I believe that God wants us to learn how evil returns to hot. He teaches us not to do it again. I believe we just spank him on the ass every now and then when we screw up. Okay? I think we need to be, I'm, you, I'm telling you my belief here, okay? You, you may have your own beliefs as is what is basically what you wish, okay? But I believe this, look, there is a place. God forgives them, does. But there's still punishment. Sometimes that punishment is an eternity without God, which is what help is finding rest in the time. The adjectives they use about eternal burning, eternal this and that and the other and what, but that's the, because that's the worst thing they can possibly think of happening to them. You think about your flesh eternally burning. You're going to burn on your hand how it hurts, right? It hurts. Think about that fire constantly burning you. I mean, it's, it's, they're talking about this, this pain. And I think we need to remember that. Look, God will punish us when we screw up, as he should. Because if he doesn't, he's, he's not doing his job, and he's not teaching us. And if he doesn't teach us, then he's neglecting us. Okay? Yes. I, I like how your mind's working on this. You're, 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 you're trying to kind of think through your own beliefs as well. And I encourage you to continue to do so. Okay? Any more questions? All right. We can talk some more about it later if you'd like. Okay. All right. Let us rise for our dismissal, please.